Welcome to the Productivity Show by Asian Efficiency, helping you do more and be better. And now here's your host, Zachary Sexton. You are tuned into the Productivity Show by Asian Efficiency. My name is Zachary Sexton, and today I have with me special guest, Scotty Loveless. Welcome, Scotty. Thanks. Thanks for having me on. Hey, thanks for being here. So a little background, Scotty is behind a site called appinstructor.com. Scotty is a formal Apple employee who believes that people love having personalized, comfortable, and patient tech support at home. App Instructor appointments cover a wide range of topics with a wide variety of clients. He works anywhere from parents wanting to protect their kids from some of the dangers that could be found online to small businesses looking to deploy iPads to their staff. So Rick uh, is your, your buddy, your, uh, your app instructor in arms, and Scotty yeah. are both first and foremost, you guys are Mac and app experts. Is that right? Yeah, that's it. That's right. Awesome. So what, what I wanted to do today is uh, to go about your mindset on how you go about solving technical problems so people listening can start to be their own IT guy or gal. Are, are you game for that? Yeah, that sounds, that sounds fun. So to start, I actually wanted to get a little bit of your background and experience working sure. as a genius. That, sure. That seems like such a hard job. I've been in there and <laughs> yeah. it's always just lots of emotions are going on. <laughs> People are yelling. There's very difficult problems being solved in both hardware and software. So maybe you have some stories or you can just tell us generally how it was and what you've taken away from the the genius uh, experience. Yeah, um, being a genius, uh, man, yeah, we, this is going to be fun. <laughs> um, I haven't talked about this uh, publicly since I've retired from the genius bar, but um, I have a lot to say about it. <laughs> um, so I got hired at the Apple Store at the, at the Birmingham Apple Store. We only have one, um, and it's in the Summit Mall. And uh, we, I got hired as an FRS, which is a family room specialist, which is the iOS technicians. So, which was kind of unusual at the time. It was I was one of the first ones to get hired straight in as an FRS. Um, they just normally hire like salesmen first, and then they kind of go up that was the normal way they did it is you would start as a, a salesperson and then you would move into the genius bar. Um, but they just had a shortage and like Apple was trying some new stuff and it was right after they hired that British guy that like didn't last very long. I, and I don't even remember his name. Um, but did training there, which was great and went straight onto the mobile queue, which is what, you know, the line to help people with iPads and iPhones and just got destroyed. Um, doing that for the next six months just it's it's really it's very rewarding work um most days but it is just absolutely brutal what they expect you to do um the time expectations it's you know you have an eight-hour shift but during that shift if you're helping people with iphones you're doing an appointment every 10 minutes or you're starting a new customer every 10 minutes so that's six an hour and times eight. I mean, you could be helping 30 to 40 people a day who a, a lot of times are, yeah, like you said, chewing you up and down, um, cussing you out, asking for managers, 
you know, their phone's broken. They don't want to pay for it. It's just, it's a, it's kind of a brutal job. But the beautiful thing about it is that you get crazy amounts of troubleshooting experience. Um, because I, I mean, I say that working on the genius bar is, is like in it compared to any other it job, it's like getting five years experience in one because of how many issues you solve and how many things you see. So I did that for six months, got really burned out and then got promoted to genius. Um, and then kind of got rejuvenated by going out to Cupertino for my training, which was really awesome. Um, and we can talk about that if you want to, uh, later, but, um, went to Cupertino, like went to the mothership, like some people saw Johnny Ive eating in cafe max and Tim cook walking around. It was kind of cool. And you drank the Kool-Aid and like get all excited. And then, um, came back and worked on the genius bar, which is the same thing, but just for max. And you only have to take a Mac every 15 minutes instead of 10. So it feels like roomier and like you have more (laughs) space, but it's still rough. And, um, did that for about a year and about a year and five months. So I was there for about a total of two years. Wow. I always thought, I always looked at the people that were doing it and the degree of multitasking that their troubleshooting capabilities, as well as the ability to, be just bring the, the the sanity level to a reasonable spot with people like all of those skills are just such high leverage skills that it just makes sense that you would eventually just go into business for yourself so you didn't have to be, have a fire hose every day coming at you and then probably end up making a little bit better living for yourself by working with personal clients that um, need particular solutions that don't want to go into the the mayhem of the Mac store either. Yeah. So it's, it's so painful to be a genius sometimes because you know, (laughs) you know what needs to not, but just the time commitments and like the, you know, just the craziness of the day, which like on a, on a scale of one to 10 stress level, it's about a 9.9 most days all day. And Besides that pain, there is the pain of like not of not being a, of knowing exactly what needs to be done, but having no ability to do it because your hands are tied by either Apple policy or time or or whatever it is. So that that was one of the most painful things to me as a genius because let's say someone came in and their iPhoto library was corrupted, and they had like their whole life's pictures on there and their kids baby pictures and like thousands and thousands of pictures and they're wanting you to help them get that back but literally apple won't let you do that kind of thing like if it has to deal with the customer data you really have to walk a fine line because apple doesn't want to be liable for that so it's like you i would know exactly what needed to be done and be completely powerless to help them and I think Rick saw the same thing and he's really the one who started App Instructor 4 years ago. He was a he was actually working as a he was kind of a utility guy like he wasn't a creative and he wasn't a genius but he was taking like he was taking those creative one-on-one training appointments and saw this need and just went out there and did it. He was in uh, Divinity School and had the ability to do that and ended up basically matching his Apple salary after like a month of 
finding these clients. And he, some of his one-to-one training appointments led to app instructor clients. And it just, it just kind of worked. It was the perfect timing. And, um, he is a brilliant guy at creating branding. And, uh, it started out as Mac instructor. Um, and he had this funny, it was like an Apple with glasses, kind of like Warby Parker glasses and people just loved it and ate it up and it spread like wildfire. So, but I, I sort of, I, when I was a genius, I saw the same need because like I said, someone says like, there would just be somebody that you knew needed like five hours of help and then they would be, their life would be changed, but I would be only be able to give them 15 minutes yeah, and they would come back over and over and over again. And it, and you just knew they were going to be here 20 or 20, 30 times before they were, they were done. And they would always feel left because you had to go start someone else and they just, it was just a, it's a horrible experience for some people and they just need you to hold their hand and, and literally spend five hours and so it's it's been cool for me because some of the client some of my customers as a genius are now my clients at app instructor and i've been able to walk them through those steps and get them get their life changed and their business changed to where they're not pulling their hair out and going to the Apple store every day. That's great to hear. And that actually transitions pretty nicely to an app instructor review that I read is we love that they teach you about how to solve issues, not just rely on a bunch of steps. And that's what I wanted to really dive into on our our talk today is how to start to get those technical issues to be able to solve them for yourself. So what are some of those problem-solving skills that you teach your clients so they don't need to keep coming back and back and back for more? Sure. Well, the f- the probably the biggest thing for my clients, and my clients are um, consist of several different groups of people, retirees, so people that are just retired and their Dell from tw- 2006 crashed finally, and they, you know, someone told them to get an iPad, and they just have no idea what to do. So that's a lot of my clients. A lot of my clients are, you know, concerned parents with, and their kids have iPads, and they feel like their kids know more than they do about it, and they're going to look up stuff. They're afraid they're going to look up stuff on the internet they shouldn't, and um, so that's the big two groups. And then I have small business owners and medium sized business owners. And, um, but the biggest thing that I deal with, with my clients, and I think it applies to everybody. And I don't really hear this talked about much is dealing with the emotions behind technology, like dealing with the, your own emotions when it comes to technology is what I mean. So knowing that it's not, knowing that you can figure it out and just having someone tell you that. And a lot of, some of my appointments end up really focusing on that. It's just you, cause a lot of my clients are brilliant people. They're they doctors and surgeons and people who have done these, who have amazing accomplishments in their life and who have umpteen degrees. And, but then they pick up their, iPad and they just get this crippling fear and and start freezing up and locking up and just get frustrated and they don't try to solve their problem or they don't try to assess the situation rationally because the these um, these powerful emotions kick in and so I always address those and I think the number one thing that keeps people is fear 
and it's just a it's a fear that they're going to screw something up. It's a fear that they're going to break it or delete everything or things that may have happened in the past. And so I always address those and just really encourage people is is what it is and just say you can do this. You're smart. You know how to use Google. You know how to like you know how to use your resources. You know you can call me and pick up the phone or you can email me. Um, and just instilling them with this confidence changes more people than having like a, a trendy tip or, you know, something. And we do have those things. We do have some like iOS basics and OS 10 basics that we go over. But for a lot of my clients, that's the most successful thing to focus on. I don't know if that is what you're talking about, but fantastic answer. I was not expecting that, but I really like that. My girlfriend is a sixth grade math and science teacher in Denver Public Schools, and she That's always awesome. starts every year. We, yeah, we actually met in a teaching program. I taught for math for a handful of years as well, and um, she always starts every year with this um, lesson, and it's it works well because she's science as well as math. But this lesson about the brain and about growth mindset. And so she talks about how there's little dendrites and the more connections you make with those dendrites, the stronger they become and those become neurons and you can get smarter. You can, you can, uh, you know, if you weren't good at math, you practice it, you will be better at math and really instills that basically what you're talking about, which is you can do this. You know, you're not a dummy. You've got this. Um, This is a learned skill, not just a skill that you're born with. And people who just think, oh, well, you know, I'm not, I'm bad at computers. That's it. They're never going to get good because yep. they'll never try and they'll never make that attempt. I think that's a fantastic way to start, especially with somebody who really has been resistant to it for so long or maybe uh, has been told by their kids or or somebody that, oh, you know, mom, you're just you're just bad at this. You know, you'll never learn this. And, and, and it's a lost cause where you come in and like, no, you've got this. And it's, it's a difficult thing to, to come across. I know when I graduated high school, this is like 2003, yeah. I just said, I don't like computers. I'm kind of bad at them. I'm not into yep. them, which is hilarious now. But I just it was like, nah, you know, computers, me, nah, I'd rather do other things. And now there's such an integral part of everybody's life. It's mine being a, just a complete information worker where I'm sitting behind my computer for seven, eight hours a day. It's it's crazy to think, but it's it. I had to make that shift, and I didn't have somebody just directly, you know, hold my hand and do it. I think it was sure. maybe after my one thousandth Google, I'm like, oh wait a minute, I'm teaching myself these things. Okay, yeah. I'm not that incompetent. You know, the information's out there. I can read. I can troubleshoot. I can practice. Okay, I, I maybe maybe computers aren't just over my head, but I'll I'll sure. slip back into it every once in a while. I'll be like. Dan or or uh, Mike and these are other Asian efficiency team members. You know, I just can't figure this out. And we were before we got on the call just talking about how I've had some technical issues when it comes to recording. And I, you know, I'll fall back into it, be like, I I can't figure this out. I can't figure this out. And then I'll be like, wait a minute, yeah, I can. And <laughs> and that <laughs> eventually no, buckle down and do it. I think you're exactly right. And um, I actually. While I was working at Apple, I was also working on my master's in education. So that's that's really helped me be able to connect with people and and help them in this area. Because 
I did actually did secondary ed um, for English. So I I did my student teaching, and my favorite one was seventh grade English. And but I learned a lot about brain development and that kind of thing. And I found this interesting paper, and I sent you a link in the Skype chat. But it's a it's a Harvard study by the or Harvard edu dot edu posted it, and it's by the National Scientific Council of the Developing Child. And their title is Persistent Fear and Anxiety Can Affect Young Children's Learning and Development. So it's like a paper that – it's a study that researches this exact thing that I'm talking about. And just the one quote I'll pull from it, so it says – kind of their synopsis is that science shows that exposure to circumstances that produce persistent fear and chronic anxiety can have lifelong consequences by disrupting the development architecture of the brain. So – Kind of like you were saying with the dendrites and stuff, like your brain, like if you have fear in an area, your brain is going to avoid that area. So you are literally not going to learn, like you are not ever going to learn it, like you said it. And it's a physiological thing too, that you are not going to learn the thing that you fear because you, your, your reaction is to avoid and to run away. And uh, I'm just going to, write that off. And there's, there's really good reasons for that. Like that's what I talk about with my clients and I'll try to get them to maybe talk about some of the things that have happened to them. And you wouldn't believe the amount of response I get from this, but I'll say, you know, you might've had a mean it guy or a tech guy in the past, you know, and you, you ask them for help. And every single time they, you ask them for help, they treated you like garbage. And so that affected your ability to learn because you just felt condescended upon and, oh my gosh, like I'm just an idiot. And so you, this, a lot of people internalize that and go, I'm just dumb and I can't learn this. Or a lot of times, and this is probably the more painful thing for people is dealing with their family. And I think you said something like this, but it's like, you know, a grandmother goes to their daughter or granddaughter or grandson and goes, Hey, how do I do this? And they go, Oh my gosh, I can't believe that you don't know how to do that. And, and they just feel so dumb. And they, so they stop asking questions and they stop trying to learn or, or maybe they just, I, I think a lot of it is coming from people using technology that was really not user friendly and was difficult to use. And so they did break things and they did, delete everything and do the things that Apple tries to m not let happen on, on OS 10 and iOS. So I try to bring up these things and it, it, it's crazy how it, people just light up because they go, Oh my gosh, you're exactly right. There was this guy or you're, it just, it makes them feel their feelings about technology validated and they can start to process it and start to turn the corner in that area. So it's funny because a lot of my appointments turn into, or not counseling. I'm not like people don't start crying or anything, but it's just like, it just connects with people and they, and they go, you're so right. And you know what? I can change this. And that that's when I see people skyrocket in their knowledge because then they start taking their own ownership of it. They're not waiting for me to hand feed everything to them. They're like, yeah, I can't do it. And then they'll start, they'll start thinking about what they want to do with it instead of what they are able to do. And that is the biggest thing because 
when their imagination starts kicking in and they go, man, I wonder if this thing can do recipes. And then they'll start looking up, you know, recipes. And I, I love the paprika app for iOS. It's just, it's amazing. And they have a Mac app too. And yeah. And then they load up all the recipes in there and their life has changed because they, they don't have to carry around these old recipes. And when someone sends them one, they can intake it and learn how to do all that. So a lot of times I'll kickstart people and then they'll run with it. And then they'll call me when they run into something that they can't, they tried and they can't figure it out. Um, so anyways, I know I've been talking for, I just rambled for a long time, but I was loving it. I okay. was making sure I didn't interrupt and I was taking little notes because there was a lot to unpack there. One thing that I wrote in the show notes is Jimmy Fallon SNL. Do you remember that uh, computer IT guy sketch from maybe oh, the nineteen no, I, late 1990s? I don't I've never seen that one. Oh, he's I got this up, greasy hair. Yeah, you, <laughs> I think you could play into it somehow with some of your clients. He's got this greasy hair, uh, terrible mustache, and he goes in, and this is back in the day when everyone has probably windows, and he's like, move and then scooches the the person to the side using the rolling chair like completely knocks him <laughs> almost off the chair goes in you know just fake click clacks on the on the key- keyboard and it's like fixed um you're welcome <laughs> you know? and i think a lot of people have had that experience with just various it guys that's why i i thought it'd be really interesting is like how to become your own it guy or gal would be an interesting hook because a lot of people don't want to deal with people that I, I feel like you and um, and Rick ride this fine line of being very technically capable, but then also able to connect. <laughs> I don't want to sound mushy, but just emotionally or or with a person. And yeah. a lot of times, those skills are don't. They're you know, if you've got a Venn diagram, they don't overlap very often. So. Really, if you're hearing Scotty and, and, and having any of these feelings, you, you work in Alabama, but you do do um, virtual uh, yeah. uh, conferences and, and teaching. Hit them up. You know, get these, <laughs> get these you know, tech, technical issues that you've got in your brain all worked out. I'll also be sure to put that first read and then also put your, um, your link from The Developing Child in the show notes. That can be found at theproductivityshow.com forward slash, um, what episode are we on? 34, or theproductivityshow.com forward slash app instructor. So we'll be sure to put that in there. Another thing that goes along with that is uh, both my girlfriend and I taught, and she still teaches in, in really high-need schools, and one thing that those students have a difficulty with is that they're in such unstable, high-stress situations when they're home. And your brain is not able to focus on learning or retaining new memories when yeah. it's so stressed out. It's worried about other things. So if you are, live in a or work in a very high-stress environment, you might not be able to process or capture or learn as quickly. So if you have a very calm environment like your home, you go to people's home or home office or, or their office where they're comfortable, and you get the instruction in a, in a very nice, um, non, non-overwhelming manner, you're more likely to remember and learn the yes. things in the long term. So that's so neat that you've got a master's in education as well, and you understand a lot of that, those cognitive um, nuances that, that what's required to actually learn a new skill. But then you also have 
a great depth of knowledge in a particular skill. So that oh, that was that was a, a very nice r not rant, but uh, say uh, you know discussion you went into, and not where I was expecting. But I really think that that might be the the golden the golden ticket is just believing that you can do it. And, and as silly as that sounds, it might it, that's that's what's probably holding a lot of people back. And in your experience, what's holding a lot of people back? Yeah, it really is. And to kind of transition that into being your own IT guy, I think like this was the most interesting th thing to me about the genius training that we did that they did in Cupertino. It's a three week training, and two of the three weeks, you learn very little technical knowledge. It's basically. It's basically a third or like a third to a half is of the training is how to talk to customers and how to empathize and connect and get on their level because and this is true in education too but people learn best from a person that they can connect with and that's true think back to teacher the, your favorite teachers in high school and junior high and college your favorite teachers were the ones that you connected with and had a relationship with and you learned more from them, you worked harder for them, you you just performed better for people that you enjoyed being with and who were real and not higher than you and, you know, the high and mighty, like, teacher person. And is that true in your situation? Like oh, in absolutely. Life, when you think back? Yeah. It, you, I mean, you, you think back to your, your form, you know, high school and middle school and that's so much the case back then so when you're teaching secondary school it's incredibly the case but it's true even when you're adults you might be able to maybe hold it in a little bit more than when you're an adolescent and a little bit more rebellious and just like i don't like you so therefore anything you have to say isn't valuable sometimes you do know what the person has to say is valuable, even if you don't like them. So you still might be able to get a little bit of it, but it's always there is that if, if you're really turned off by the, the, the messenger, the message might not come through as clearly or as well as it would if you really enjoyed the messenger. I think that's, uh, that's a really, really valuable point. Yeah. And so, so what they teach in the genius training is things like empathy, like learning how to, identify with people and get on their level. So someone comes in and says, my phone is broken. Can you help me? I'm so upset. And, you know, they go, they go on their rant about their thing or whatever their problem is. And one of the, the three Apple steps of service, which is the three A's is acknowledge, align and assure. So you acknowledge that they have a problem. You say, oh, I'm so sorry you're having that problem. And you somehow empathize like with words like, I'm so sorry, or God, that really stinks. And then you align with them by, by like talking about something, that, one of your own problems that you've had similar to that. So you, you just say, gosh, I hate that your phone is broken. That really stinks. And it immediately diffuses anybody who's like, who's angry or because they're, they're just like, Oh, you understand me. Like they, they yeah. feel this, they feel supported when you do that. And then you say, yeah, you know, I broke my phone before and I didn't know what to do. Like I was out of it and I, I felt like my arm got chopped off and you, you say something to connect with them and, and align with them and, and then assure them that it's going to be 
fixed, like that we've got a solution and we can do it. And so I, I think when you think about it that way, when you think about the three A's, acknowledge, align, and assure, you have to do that to yourself too. Like you have, when you, when you become your own IT guy, like you have to be able to empathize with yourself and be like, God, I'm really upset about this. But like I was saying earlier with the confidence, like I can do this. Like I know that I can figure this out and you have to learn how to think differently and talk to yourself differently because we all have that inner dialogue going on with ourselves. Like, I think I forget the, I have no info like stats on this, but it's like that you talk, people talk to themselves a lot and not just out loud, but like in your own thoughts. So you're constantly with yourself all the time and you have to, you have to learn to think differently about your own ability and your own ability to learn. So I don't know. That's, that's, that's just one of the, to kind of tie it around to what you were saying. I think if you, if you learn, if you start to mentally and verbally change the way you speak and think about your tech problems, you're going to, you're going to get a lot further than if you just, uh, just don't want to deal with it. I'm just gonna, and you almost have to get aggressive. Like you almost have to, you almost have to come at that fear sometimes. Like you've got to, you've got to be like, no, you know what? I'm not going to slam my computer down and get frustrated and walk away. I'm going to figure this freaking thing out. You know, like you kind of have to get mad at it sometimes. A little bit of um, tough love. Yeah. Like you've, yeah. And it's not like it's, it's, it's the, the emotion that sometimes overrides your rationality. You've got to be like, nope, you know what? I'm going to figure it out. I'm not going to, I'm not going to give in to the fear. I'm just going to do it. And then when you hit a wall, like have somewhere to go. Like if you if you need to, yeah, I can do remote appointments or yeah, the Apple store is crazy, but a lot of times they the people there are really knowledgeable and if you can understand a little bit, that's why I like to tell people about how brutal it is because if you can kind of understand what they're going through, it may give you a little bit more grace with them because you're going to like they're crazy booked out and just going insane. So what I usually tell people to do is book when you book at the genius bar, book three appointments in a row or, or more, <laughs> the system will only let you do three. But if you book three in a row, you now have 30 minutes with somebody who's going to kiss you first of all, because you just, you just made their next half hour, like so much better because they can focus on you and kind of take a breath and not have to think about the next person. And second of all, they're just going to be more relaxed and be able to help you more. That is a really good tip. I'm going to use that next time I have any issues. I got a MacBook Pro that had a, a few battery and keyboard issues. And I was going in, a, I think, three or four times. And that that's what made me realize how crazy it was there. Because I had not spent much time in there before because my Mac products always just worked. And so, yeah. uh, but it, it wasn't. And I was just, I was really surprised. And I, I think I came in with enough empathy, maybe not as much as now I will come in with, but it was like, whoa, this is crazy. I'm going to just be really as nice as I can to this person because one, they're the ones helping me solve the problem. And two, sure, I'm sure they don't get this all the time. So I'm going to just do my part to uh, make their day a little bit less, uh, less stressful. So that's, that's good. I will be booking, triple booking myself every time, if nothing more, just to, to give whoever, whoever's lucky enough to, 
to work with me a little bit. Yeah, so that's perfect. yeah, and you'll have you'll actually have people fighting over you um, because they they they're very aware. The geniuses on the on the queue are very aware of what's coming up because they're they're just constantly scanning the next thing. So when they see somebody's got three in a row, like it'll be like, I got him. No, no, I called him. You know, like they'll call you because it's a, it's a time for them to relax a little bit. So that's a, that's a big tip that helps a lot of people too. <laughs> Cause I can't, I can't always be there for everybody. So the Apple store has a lot more availability than I do basically is what I'm saying. But yeah. just cause I'm one person, but, that'll get you a way better experience than just walking in there. And please don't go without an appointment because <laughs> that's another painful thing is to, it's really, it's not that they hate you and they don't want to help you. It's like, Oh, like we we're slam packed. Like we would, our store was tiny. I mean, our store is small and we would help three to 400 people a day with uh, maybe 15 technicians. And it's just, it's literally packed solid without you walking in. And so it's, it's one of those things that rips your heart out too. It's like, Oh, we want to help you, but you need to have an appointment and we're sorry. Cause we want to help you. <laughs> and after enough times of doing that, some of the people start to get a little bit, some of the FRSs start to get a little bit bitter and kind of feisty. And you'll see if you run into a feisty technician, just know that they've probably been verbally abused multiple times that day. <laughs> They're not having a good day. Um, so anyways, All right. <laughs> I love my, I love my genius bar guys. Well, that's awesome. Scotty, maybe, and we probably running a little long, but so we could do this quickly, run through yeah. a little bit of an example. And so I'm basically going to get some free app tutoring out of you. Um, yes. And just to see how the process looks like for, for people out there. So sure. I know I want to back up my data. I was actually, it was just released today as we're recording, but um, <laughs> it, it's February 24th. But um, a while back, it's it's um, theproductivityshow.com forward slash 27. So Dylan, yeah. our, our IT guy for Asian Efficiency, was talking about Dropbox and how awesome it is. And I was thinking, oh, yeah, I really need to start backing up my data. And I'm willing to pay for it, but I can't decide between iCloud, Drive, and Dropbox. And so I'm, I'm very familiar with Drive and Dropbox, and I like different features of both services. I'm less yeah. familiar with iCloud, but I do have all Apple products. So my main concern is that I want to be able to quickly access documents and media, especially the photos on my iPhone or iPhones. Now I have two sure. of them. Sure. Because I've got hundreds of them, and I'm one jump in the lake away from having, you know, two or three years worth of memories erased. And yeah. I also want to be able to see them. So I was doing the auto uh, backup with Dropbox, but they're, they're just, it's like hundreds of photos, all just numbered based on dates, and it's not very accessible to me. And I don't sure. share them ever, and I never go and look at them. So what, how would you go about solving this problem? Or if I was my own IT guy, how would I start to think about this problem? I do feel like I could solve it eventually, but maybe some head starts on, on where I should be looking and what questions I should be asking myself. Sure. So I think you brought up a, like the way I would approach this is I would start asking questions like what, what you use to edit your documents. 
Do you use pages? Do you use, like, do you use Apple apps? Do you use Word and Excel and PowerPoint? Do you use a mixture? So what, that's my first question. What would you, okay. what do you use for that? I, so I use a lot of Google Docs. So that's, okay. that's what's keeping me to drive. And I like the fact that with Google Docs, they're shareable. Uh, I, for a time, I was sending them out to people who went on the podcast. So we could both edit the, the document now if people want to, I do that. I don't want to pass off too much work to to guess um yeah. and there's they're shareable you can have a you could have an easy link i really like the fact that you can hyperlink one document to the next document yeah. as far as other software i don't use word or pages I, there's sort of i've got a lot of different softwares i use evernote i use um scrivener and okay. i use those are my main two or just plain text docs okay well that's good because because that's good to know because everybody you have to look at everybody's individual environment that they're in because there's there's not like there's it's such a fiercely competitive field right now that I can't just come out and say, oh, well, this one's just the best. It depends on what you use on a daily basis. So the fact when that you're you talking like, about cloud services, it's yeah, that's what's with, competitive. OK, yeah. Like, oh, yeah, because it changes on a daily basis like Dropbox is now integrated with Word and Google Drive I saw will come out that. and say I got an email from that like 2 weeks ago. That was real, that's that's yeah. neat. So if 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 people are or let's say that someone yeah cuz it, it integrates in the iOS app now. So if you if you get Microsoft Office 365 and you can get Office on your iPad, you can open documents straight from your Dropbox into Word. It's it's crazy. And, and then Drive them? will come out and say, "Oh, well, you can open Things in Word from the browser now, and like everybody, there's there everybody's one upping each other right now. So it's it's changing on a daily basis. But if you, it depends on your environment with this kind of thing, because there's some of my clients that have PCs at work, so they need to be able to access their documents. So iCloud and Pages would be out the door. Um, and then I'll usually ask, do you collaborate a lot? You know, if if you collaborate a lot, Dropbox can do some of that. Drive is a lot better. Um, so I'll just start thinking about all the individual pieces, and it's really about the person. So you've got to assess yourself, like what are my own needs and how, and what services can I get to fill those needs? Okay. So in your situation, like Google Drive, like I would say for you, since you collaborate, you're already in Docs, I would use Drive for your Docs. Now when it comes to Photos... I don't think you have to put all your eggs in one basket. Like I don't, I don't like that feeling of like I've got to commit to this one ecosystem. You I know, think like that's I've what to... I was thinking. Is like I really I love Docs so much that yeah. it was hard because I was like, well, I, I guess I could put everything on Dropbox, but it would mean a lot of shuffling. Yeah, and so yeah, I I actually use all of like all of the above. And I'm a big fan of spreading across different ecosystems for different things if you need to. So you could you could have your docs in Google Drive, and then you could have your photos in Dropbox or your photos in the new um, iCloud photo library, which I'm super psyched about, um, just so that your photos are on all of your devices and they're stored in the cloud and Apple's managing them and you can see them everywhere and you can carry them around with you. So... It's just, it, but it's a con. This this particular subject is a is a kind of a complex one because mm-hmm. everybody's needs are different. Everybody has different likes and 
oh, well, I hate doc. I hate Google Docs or I hate this, you know, or yeah. I don't like pages. So, bleh. you know, so I have to you have to, for this thing, you have to assess what you like and what you need. I think that's that's what the the good self IT guy or gal would do is is make those assessments. And I might have gone partway there, but I think you really helped me solidify it and actually just telling me that I don't have to pick one <laughs> was was helpful. That's kind of where I was my mind was at is that no, they all have to be on one. Otherwise all things will bad things will happen. I don't know what. All yeah. right, uh, Scott, man, that was awesome. Uh, so let's wrap up the show really quickly with just the, the three questions, the, the book, the tool, the frog, that, that you think that our audience would, would like. So what, is there a book that you've read out there recently that has helped you become more productive or maybe you just enjoy it and want to share it with people? Yeah, um, so, I mean, the, the biggest one for me was um, the big one, David Allen's Getting Things Done. Um, just just enabling me to think about my action list differently. Um, another one that I read recently was by a friend, Aaron Mankey, um, the freelancer's guide to productivity on getfrictionless.com. Um, Aaron's a, he's a writer and he's, so he has these, these awesome freelancer books, uh, these freelancer guides. And the one on productivity is awesome because it just gives a real, it's just a great little short read of, you know, how to improve your task list and how to use OmniFocus. He's a fan of OmniFocus. Um, so those are the two that I would say for my books. That's perfect. We'll put those in the show notes. And I also know you put that on your study guide at appinstructor.com. So we'll link to that yep. as well. And yes, the, all of the things you just said are things that Asian Efficiency and the Productivity Show talk about constantly. So that's a perfect fit. What are uh, what are some tools or, or resources that you might recommend for our listeners? So tools or resources, I would say my favorite tool right now is Mailbox, and that is the Dropbox app. It's Dropbox purchased them, but it's just basically solves email for me. Um, and it doesn't solve it for everybody. I've had people try it and not like it, but having the ability to quickly sort my email and reschedule emails to come back around later has completely changed my life because I can get to the end of the day and say, you know what? I need to deal with this, but I need to have good work-life boundaries and not, and not answer it right now. And so I'll send it around to come back later, like tomorrow morning and I'll deal with it when I have time so that it's sort of, you can think about it in terms of David Allen's getting things done, you know, that I need, I'm, this is not the right context for, for this email this time and where I am right now. So I'm going to send it back around when I do have time. That's changed my life more than anything, more than any task list to me, just because I get so much email that I have to process. That's really good. I actually personally use Mailbox as well. I've been a little bit of a Mailbox evangelist, and I really like yeah, both too. the send it back to me later, and then the you can sort it just with this quick swipe. And so I put so it's I feel like the only way to process email on your phone. If you don't have it, you just don't do email on your phone because you can't. You just can't. It'll take longer to write the messages. You'll open it up and then close it and then open it up again. You know, it's just don't do email on your phone or get Mailbox. That's great. What yeah. about a, a frog? You got any big projects on the horizon or maybe one that you just ate up? Yeah, so uh, there's a couple on the horizon, but the the one that I'm doing right now that's kind of fun is I'm I'm learning Swift so that I can write a little baby 
iOS app for App Instructor. Um, I, I'm doing my, the idea I have, and I don't care if people steal this, is just that because it doesn't affect me. Um, is just a, a digital business card that is like an app that clients can download, and it's like it looks like our business card, and then like where it has our phone number, and it, there's like a button that says call, and they'll, it'll just dial me and email me and book an appointment and it'll take them to our online booking site. So that's kind of my frog right now is uh, learning Swift and, and making a little baby app. That sounds awesome. That's a fun little, little side frog. Sometimes frogs are ugly, but that one, that one's uh that one looks like kind of a tasty one. Well, yeah, Scotty... I have no experience, so it's going to be probably be ugly. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. But I would recommend hey, lynda.com, L-Y-N-D-A.com. Uh, That's a really good resource, yeah. Good gracious. I, I use the heck out of that. I've gotten my money's worth out of that over and over, and I recommend that to a ton of clients. That's actually a great one for being your own IT guy. Um, if you need to learn any software at all, geez, just please get lynda.com. It is so worth the 25 bucks a month or whatever it is. Nice. Yeah, Linda, and they, I mean, even YouTube, too. So be your, yeah, yeah, be your own great. IT guy with those those resources that are out there. Um, well, Scotty, this has been awesome. I, the mindset changes that I think I've already had <laughs> and being not as scared as I was, but now even less scared. Uh, now that it's like, okay, yeah, you can do this. There's resources out there uh, have been have been really helpful and useful for me. Where can people connect with you online if they want to yeah. find out more? Yeah, so um, I run, I have my own private blog, um, scottylovelace.com, and my email's on there and my Twitter and Facebook. So feel free to ping me and email me there. I'd be happy to answer any emails if people have questions. Um, also, appinstructor.com, if you want like a actual c- consult, like if you want to spend time on Skype or I can do remote appointments if you're not in Birmingham, Alabama. Um, you can book an appointment on my website and just compare it your schedule to mine and book it and we'll talk. So um, that's probably the two best places to get me. My email for App Instructor is scotty at appinstructor.com. So I'd be happy. I would love to talk to anybody who wants to talk. All right. Well, thank you so much for your time. And thanks. Uh, we'll we'll have to have you on again. There's some secret projects that we were talking about before that we might have to, to ha- talk about and maybe have. Uh, Rick on as well. Yeah, that sounds great. I know Rick was sad he couldn't make it today, so that sounds like a plan. All right. Well, uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this show and would like to learn more about optimizing your productivity, visit us at asianefficiency.com.